0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from ACAST. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. This is the Jim Fannin Show on Niagara's News Talk 610. Call now. 905 688 2582 2582 Or text us at 61010 ten ten Jim Fannin, Davy Jones running the board, all candidates coming up after this, hold the phones people, Paul Ruzicki, thanks for coming into the booth, Paul, Paul, my first question is man, what was it like in a Russian jail, I guess uh, these guys speak English to you when you're in there, or was it bread
1: and water, just like my mother always said? Well thanks for having me Jim, um... Well, it's pretty grim conditions in the Russian jail, as you could probably expect. But um, the whole reason we were there, obviously, was because of our demonstration, our nonviolent direct action and the protest in the Arctic against the uh, exploration and exploitation of oil up there. And how do you
0: find the effectiveness of what you do with Greenpeace?
1: Well, I've been doing this, this is my 26th year now, and I believe that we do have an impact uh, around the world, waking people up. Obviously, um, we can't stop things like Arctic oil exploration or nuclear weapons testing, but we do get in the face, I guess you'd say in the face of people via the international media, and once uh, we get the media out, then it's up to the people to uh, pressure their governments to uh, have the right things done. How long have you been doing this, Paul? Uh, 26 years now.
0: Well, how, how did you get into boarding a
1: Greenpeace? Sh- You've been on a ship for 26 years? Yes, wow. uh, sailing with uh, Greenpeace for 26 years. I started uh, sailing on the Great Lakes here with one of the local companies, and I did some environmental studies prior to that. In sailing the Great Lakes and the east coast of Canada and the U.S., I came across a lot of uh, polluted harbors and polluted waters, and I had uh, actually seen a demonstration of Greenpeace in 1983 in Vancouver when I was out there. And I kind of got to, uh, got to thinking Greenpeace has ships. Uh, I'm a sailor, and they're in the environmental movement, so I started corresponding with them. And in 1988, I signed up as a volunteer for a six-month tour of the Great Lakes and the Mississippi River. How old? I was 23 at the time. Good.
0: Now, at any time, I, I guess you, you got to have big balls to get on a Greenpeace ship, ship,
1: period, but at any time, were you in fear for your safety or your life? I don't think so. I mean, uh, I know that the special forces that are dealing with us uh, from different countries, in this case uh, the Russians, that they're professionals. They know we're Greenpeace. They know we're non-violent. We don't carry weapons. When they came off uh, the helicopter and dropped down the ropes to take control of our ship, they did it very fast and very effectively. We didn't uh, resist them whatsoever. We saw they had automatic weapons drawn, pistols in hand. Wow. Instill, you're you're just like oh, oh I'll be all right. <laughs> yeah, I knew that they were going to take control of the ship. I didn't think that we would go to jail for two months though for pirating, um, which is the strangest
0: yeah. thing. I mean, yeah. you're you're hardly pirates. You're unarmed. You're not you're not boarding other people's ship and stealing their gold type no, of thing. No, we're
1: doing everything we do. It's it's nothing is for personal gain. And for one thing, you cannot commit an act of piracy against a stationary object, which the uh, the Russian oil rig is considered a stationary ice resistant platform. Right. Now, I heard, uh, I know you haven't done too much media, so I really
0: appreciate you coming in. We'll have you in again, I promise, when we've got some more time, but I appreciate you uh, giving access to us. I know everyone's chasing you. I haven't done a lot of media since you've been home. Uh, I did hear you're just waiting for the next ship to jump on. Are you taking a break, or is, are be you done? Taking, or?
1: I'll take a break for a while. Um, the Russian authorities still have the Greenpeace ship Arctic Sunrise in their control in Murmansk. They haven't released it yet. So they've um, they've gone against the International Tribunal of the Law of the Sea. Uh, the order was to release the ship and the crew immediately. That was back in November, I believe. Um, so. Yeah, the Russians still have our ship. The case is still ongoing against our ship. The uh, thirty Arctic, uh, the Arctic thirty were all released on um, grounds of amnesty.
0: Now, how's your family
1: feel about you
0: jumping on a ship and? Well,
1: I think they're used to the it. I've, like I said, I've been doing this for 26 years. Um, they know I get into some difficult situations. Uh, I've never been arrested and detained uh, for two months before, though. So Two months. The family was. media machine kicked in. They really yep. uh, they got the support going locally. I'm still thanking people in Port Coburn when I see them. And, yeah, I'm thankful for them for helping me. And tell me about the way our government responded to it and your thoughts on that. Well, the government in Canada, I, I wasn't here, obviously. I don't know what was going on in Canada. But uh, I was told that things are happening behind the scenes. It's all political. The... Um, the embassy staff from Moscow came to every court hearing I had. They were very supportive, um, genuinely concerned with our well-being, myself and my fellow Canadian from Quebec. So I think, yeah, I thank them as well. They were there for uh, everything I needed. They provided uh, my family with the means to get money into the court, into the the jail system, so I could purchase things if I needed them. Really? Yeah. So you're happy with the way the, your federal government responded? I'm happy with the way the embassy and the counselor staff responded. I have no idea what was going on in Canada behind the scenes. I heard there
0: was a lot of frustration from people, you know, your family mostly saying, hey, like, Canada's silent on this. We, you know, help us get Paul back. You know,
1: use your diplomatic channels. I guess that got done then. Well, the embassy staff was very helpful. They helped, they were, you know, writing letters to the Russian authorities, and they also um, helped me get my exit visa in order. They wrote a letter on my behalf to help me uh, assist getting the exit visa in order so I could leave Russia.
0: Now talk to me about the conditions inside this Russian jail. I mean are you treated special or are you just like every other prisoner and is it like a, a maximum
1: security prison? Are you in with some really bad people in there? Uh, it was uh, technically a detention center so it okay. wasn't a, a prison. Alright. It's a pre-trial detention center. I don't think we were treated special. I believe that the authorities knew we were very high profile Okay, Uh, I did share uh, myself for almost two months with a Russian. uh, I'll say Russian gentleman, a criminal. I don't know exactly what he did. (laughs) He didn't speak English. I didn't speak Russian, but we had a couple dictionaries, and we managed to communicate a bit. How long were you cohabitating with him? I think we were in the same cell for about a month and a half.
0: Wow. Yeah. So did you manage to strike up some sort? I guess you have to have some sort of relationship if you're living in that close a quarters.
1: It's just a small Um, cell, I guess. Well, the food was um, not very not very pleasant I'll say but Greenpeace was supplying us with care packages every week so they could get some into yeah. the detention center yeah so we were all sharing with our cellmates so uh, there's too actually too much food to to eat that I uh, for myself so I was just sharing with the uh, the cellmate I think that's an un unwritten rule in the prisons that you share everything. I guess you don't know that from
0: previous experience. It's the first time in jail for you?
1: Yeah, I've been detained a few times, but uh, okay. never for more than a couple days or three days maximum, I think uh, it was. Tell me a little bit, Paul, I really appreciate your time. Thank you.
0: Tell me a little bit about what you consider your effectiveness of this type of demonstration. For me, and you said as soon as you came in, I'm not political. Yeah. Back in, in the old days when I was a candidate, I used the political system running as a candidate to raise awareness, to okay. teach people the platform and what whatnot, you're, you're a whole different ballgame. Although your, your entity, Greenpeace, is very political, it, does, it doesn't carry a political profile. It's not running an election. So no, how, we don't
1: have a political party. We're, well, how uh, do you consider the effectiveness of your type of demonstration? The last one, I think, uh, very it was more effective than we could have ever hoped for or imagined. Uh, once, if we would have just hung a banner, took a photograph, and there was no response from the authorities... I don't think the message would have got out so well, but uh, once we were arrested and detained, the Greenpeace media machine, as I call it, uh, Mm -hmm. really swung into gear, and the message got out, I believe, to every continent on the planet, and the message is still going out. There's still, uh, I believe, uh, the campaign to save the Arctic. We have over 5 million signatures now. Wow.
0: Paul Rosicki is my guest, one of the Arctic 30, straight off Arctic Sunrise, and then to a Russian jail for two months. Uh, Paul, thanks again for your time. Tell me a little bit about the actual demonstration that you're participating in. Has there been any changes
1: as far as drilling where they're drilling? I, I understand this is a brand new platform, yes? Yeah, the platform, I believe, is 10 years in the making. And the day we got amnesty is the day the Russian authorities announced that the uh, the rig that we were protesting against is actually pumping oil out of the Arctic now. So, I mean, an Arctic, any Arctic or drilling, for that matter, uh, where you have an oil well or an oil platform, that equals a spill eventually, which will affect all the local communities, uh, their traditional ways of life. There's no technology to clean up an oil spill in the waters of the Arctic, on the ice or below the ice. So I believe, and Greenpeace, I think, will back me up on this, that we must make the transition to renewable energies. There's proven viable technology. Clean energy is possible. Other countries are leading the way. I wish Canada would do more instead of pursuing this tar sands, which is just the largest scar on the planet right now. It, it's, I mean, the younger people must realize that it's their future, and do they want to deal with the mess of an oil economy? What we're calling for in the Arctic is similar to what we've achieved in the Antarctic. It's a world base or world park where there's right. no... Uh, There's only scientific research. There's no mineral exploration or exploitation. Uh, There's no military activity, no industrial fishing. So we're calling for that in the waters of the international waters of the Arctic.
0: Well, Paul, thank you very much for your time. I'm really happy to have you in. And like I said, when we're not so pressed for time, I hope to have you back in when we can explore this a little bit further. But thank you for your courage and your uh, time and your access. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me, Jim. Paul Ruzicki is my guest. Two months in a Russian jail for demonstrating demonstrating from a ship right around a platform, a Russian platform, that's ex, uh, extracting oil from the Arctic waters. The Arctic 30, as he's been known to be a part of. Off the Arctic Sunrise, up next. Bart Maves is out first. He's going to tell you uh, his... Three priorities for Niagara Falls in the by-election. This is six ten CKTB.